Hello again, this is Robert Woolsey, and uh, joining me in the studio for a discussion of Proposition 1 are uh, Rich Krupa, Sitka High School Activity Director, Kevin Knox, uh, Assembly Member and uh, Sitka High Swim Coach. Uh, Barracuda Swim Coach. Barracuda Swim Coach. And Michelle Cleaver is here. And uh, Michelle, you are um, a cannabis entrepreneur and a cannabis industry advocate. I'm just making this up. I've, I've seen you speak to the Chamber of Commerce fairly, very eloquently on the industry, so I just gave you that title. Oh, my gosh. I must have been high or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's the risk we run in this kind of forum, so don't worry about that. Um, if you have a question for our panel, uh, you can email it to news at kcaw.org. You can also uh, give us a call, 747 we can't put your call on the air, but Catherine Rose is here, and uh, she'll deliver it to me uh, here in the air room. Um, the proposition in brief, um, Proposition 1, if adopted, would eliminate the uh, 5 or 6% general sales tax on cannabis products. 5 or 6%, we uh, have a seasonally adjusted sales tax here in Sitka. So uh, that would go away for marijuana products and replace it with a specific marijuana tax of 6% the first year, than 8% for the second and subsequent years. The revenue from the marijuana tax would be put in a dedicated fund for student activities. Um, The net benefit um, of this proposition, the reduction in general sales tax to Sitka would be $195,000. At 8%, uh, the marijuana tax, the revenue from the marijuana tax would be $280,000. So that would be a net gain of $85,000. Sorry to be throwing a lot of numbers at you. We can come back to these as well. And the current budget in the Sitka School District is uh, $268,000 for student activities. So um, anyway, that's kind of what the numbers are on the table. And Rich, I just I wanted to start with you because um, there are people uh, who are going to be looking at this ballot proposition who may not be fully aware what student activities are. What, is it, what does it involve? Student activities involve not only athletics, but uh, drama debate, forensic, DDF, any activity going on at the high school and music. And uh, it costs a lot of money to operate these um, with the ferry service non-existent. Uh, we more or less fly every place. Um, it's doubled, tripled our budget from... What we used to get a long time ago, I've been teaching for 25 years now, we used to get $10,000 each program, and that's when the ferry was going around, and then we'd fundraise a little bit for our sports programs or our activities. Um, now, I'm giving out about $6,000 to the program, and each program's raising around $20,000 in fundraise money each year to participate in activities. Um, like I said before, with music, DDF, and uh, mock trial these kids pay about 70 percent of the ticket their family members pay they have a limited amount of fundraising they do um and they go starting in september till january february uh so it's a it's um and music is all stayed up in anchorage and juno music fest they're going all over the place and they 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 don't really have a great option of fundraising either so Right, um, and and there are some fees. Um, there are player fees for some activities, right? Yeah, uh, you're correct. Most of our athletic programs, uh, it's about it's around 300 bucks per sport. You know, so if you you have a kid that plays 
you know, runs cross country, it's 300 bucks for that. Basketball could be between 300 to 400. Um, if they do softball, that could be 300, um, you know, and then if they're in music, you're just paying on top of that. So every sport has an activity fee. Yeah, and so the the quarter million dollars, the two hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars that's budgeted for student activities, you'd say is that bulk of that travel, or is the bulk of it, what's what's the majority of it spent on? Well, yeah, I would almost all of it's spent on. I almost all of it is spent on travel. So uh, I think my position comes out of that money. Um, and the rest is spent on travel. All right. And you're high school, and does some of it support middle school activities? Yes. Yeah. Some, some money goes to that. Okay. All right. Thanks, Rich Krupa. Mm-hmm. Rich, is the, um, Rich is the director of um, uh, activities at Sitka High School. And I just wanted, this is sort of a little sidebar. Um, we gave the wrong address for um, the event uh, regarding the... Uh, the um, uh, Marine Hall out. It's 304 Baranoff Street, not Lincoln Street. So Alpha is located at 304 Baranoff Street. So our apologies there. Um, Kevin, Kevin Knox, uh, good evening. Hello. Uh, the memo that you and your co-sponsors, Kevin Mosher and Rebecca Hemshoot wrote mentions uh, the inequities that are creeping into the school program due to the income disparity among families. Some can't afford player fees, others can't. Some can't afford, uh, some families can't afford player fees, others can't. Is this what motivated you to sponsor the ballot question? Yeah, somewhat. Um, and like Rich pointed out, there's, you know, if, if a kid or family participates in m- multiple activities, it becomes extremely expensive. Um, and then I just as a you know, an observation watching, you know, in my proximity with the high school swim team, but then also just watching my nephews and other friends' kids go through uh, the high school programs and, and other programs through the district, having to go out and fundraise. The the amount of money that is uh, needing to be fundraised for a lot of, to participate in a lot of these activities has grown exponentially. Uh, Rich pointed out the travel is only getting more and more expensive. Um, and um, the the reason why we we looked at the marijuana uh, product tax um, was kind of following off of the marijuana the Sitka Marijuana Advisory Committee at one point um, when they met uh, they they put together a plan or you know the the recommendations that uh, were passed to the assembly uh, not only for governance and other um, you know uh, code. Uh, changes and other things like that, but they also recommended a, a, a 2% uh, increase in, in tax on, on marijuana products to support something. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have come forward and said, well, why activities, why not this or that or the other thing, or why don't we divide it up and, and put it across a bunch of, of, of things or just let it go into the general fund? Um, and, yeah, those are all valid questions, but uh, Mr. Mosier and, and Ms. Himshoot and I just, we thought that, you know, supporting activities was uh, one avenue, and that's what we brought forward. Yeah, um, I apologize for the metaphor, but I've been following the school board for a long time, and an activities committee has sort of come and gone, and it's kicked around mm-hmm. a lot of ideas, but this is, uh, in my experience reporting on the school board, it's the first um, idea that's gotten this much traction to actually appear on the on the ballot so um, that is something for sure 
Um, Michelle, you brought you brought notes. Um, what will what will the impact of this proposition be on your business? Well, I think it's going to be really hard on the marijuana industry because we're overtaxed as it is already with a 30% federal tax, a 20% state tax, a 6% uh, city tax, and it puts us over 50%. That's 56%. Another 2% doesn't seem like a lot, but... Yeah, but the 6% is going away, the 6% city tax, right? Yes, it's going to be increased. Well, it'll be 6% from here on in, and then it'll be 8% in a year. Right. Uh I pled with the assembly and everything to wait until they federalize and give us a little bit of a, a tax break. Uh, the federal government still considers us illegal, and I'm not allowed to take business benefits uh, like most normal businesses do. I'm not allowed to deduct for any uh, rent, lease, utilities, anything like that as a business expense because the house that I sell marijuana in is still considered illegal by the federal government, as are the people who work for me. Uh, the act of selling marijuana is still illegal, so I'm not allowed to, to deduct any payroll or wages or benefits or anything like that. So it makes it really hard. The only thing I'm allowed to deduct is the cost of goods sold, the cost of the marijuana that I actually buy and, and sell, and the packaging that makes it childproof. Everything else is taxed at 30%. Right. Makes it really, really rough. I invited assembly members in. I had a few visitors. Kevin Moser showed up uh, to look at my books because I opened them up to say, look, this is how much my bottom line is. I'm not making that much. Uh, but it, it did no good. So the best I could do is uh, get into it and figure out a better way to dispense the tax money. Um, I'm, I still wish that we could wait until it federalized and gave me a little bit more time. And there's only three of us that will be paying this tax. And uh, the most of the people that I talk to wish it would be funding in a community level. Let's get our community schools back so that the marijuana tax benefits the community instead of just a few individuals in an athletic program. And it's going into the school district activities fund and it's like well what about in the beginning how we talked about scholarships and things like that well there's no infrastructure to to provide scholarships and things like that so it's just going to go in and it'll probably all go to travel and i still support sitka school district and travel and fundraising even as a marijuana store i can't directly do it but i did it personally this year so i still think that um traveling uh, benefits can still be fundraised. Even when I was in high school, I still traveled and, and I fundraised and I thought it was part of the athletic program. So I know they want more and it seems like a convenient place, but I think it should benefit more of the community and not a select few. Um, Michelle, just to follow up on that, when we, when we first sort of began the dialogue about creating a legal cannabis industry in Alaska, this idea of regulating and taxing it was was used to sort of help push the idea to, to legalize it and make businesses like yours above board and possible. And now it's it's sort of coming to fruition. Granted, 50% is a lot. 56. 56% is a lot. But um, we're deriving benefits from something that previously was black market. Black market, that's true. And another problem that I have with this whole program is... I'm continually reminded that 
this is not a tax that you have to be a burden on. It's your customers that are going to be a burden on. But that's not true because I am directly competing with the black market, a $15 gram. Now, granted, I have to sell my weed right now at 6% for $14.10 versus a $15 black market in order to make it $15. And with the 8%, I'm going to have to sell it at $13.90 a gram while the black market's getting 15% or $15 for their gram. But they're not paying the tax. I'm paying a tax. It would be really nice if our local government would send police out to bust black market grows, but they don't do that anymore because they don't have the federal funds to, to do any dr drug prosecutions and stuff like that. Okay. So Thank maybe some of that tax money could come back and do something good too. Um, thank you, Michelle. Michelle Cleaver is um, a marijuana um, has a marijuana business here in Sitka. She's a entrepreneur and a industry advocate. I'm also here with Rich Krupa, who's um, high school activities director at Sitka High, and Kevin Knox, an assembly member who um, sponsored this uh, ordinance to bring it forward to um, to bring prop um, to bring Prop One forward to voters this October 4th. If you have a question for our panel, uh, please drop us a line, news at kcaw.org, or give us a call, 747-5879, and I'd be happy to put your question before our panelists. Um, Kevin, um, I know that you, uh, or maybe I heard uh, Rebecca Hemshute talking about it, that um, when this ordinance was, I don't know, for lack of a better term, in committee, um, you had decided to dial it back from 8% or from 10% down to the 8% to address industry concerns. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like, um, based on what Michelle is saying, you may not have addressed those concerns sufficiently. Is this, is the, the result um, a compromise in your way of thinking? Well, yeah, you're right. We originally had drafted this as being a three-tier graduated uh, increase and uh, we brought it back just to the two uh, and stopped at, at 8% um, and and did that in, in part after meeting with uh, Michelle and another industry uh, representative um, and talking about some of the concerns. Um, and I, I can sympathize with wanting to, to put the money in other places, but, you know, as we divide, it's uh, even at 8%, uh, to, as you pointed out, $280,000 a year, uh, you divide that pie up, it starts becoming rather ineffective. Um, $280,000 uh, as an enhancement to the school activities fund to, to benefit uh, all Sitka school district uh, students. Uh, that's Sitka High School. And Sitka High School will get the majority of that because they have the largest number of activities and the highest demand for uh, for dollars within those activities, but it also includes Blatchley, Pacific High. Uh, it, the, some of the monies will, will help support key activities uh, and maybe even Baranoff field trips and other things like that. Uh, in some of my conversations with uh, Superintendent Hauser, uh, he is interested in starting a, uh, you, you uh, brought it up uh, earlier too, um, a new um, or a revitalized uh, group to uh, kind of direct or bring input to how the the activities dollars would be spent in in order to enhance uh, the current spending right now, uh, and that was a big piece of our discussion at the assembly table too, 
was to really make sure that this is an enhancement, not to supplant what's already there, but also to, to actually enhance. Uh, and that, to me, was, was a big piece of this. Um, I, you know, I also am very sympathetic to the fact that uh, federally this isn't, isn't allowed um, and that there's, you know, additional burden around that. You know, this has been a long, this isn't just about the, you know, since 2016 for Alaska, but uh, I, I forget when Colorado passed uh, their legalization. Uh, but, you know, on a, on a federal level, this, this conversation's been going on for a very long time, and we know that the federal government is very slow in acting. Um, and we are likely not to see any action for some time yet. Um, but, you know, there's, you can look across the state and there's lots of other municipalities that are doing what we're doing. Um, and in fact, some of them are actually uh, probably hurting some of their industry a little bit more because their tax is more like an excise tax, which actually does come out of the business pocket. Uh, where this point-of-sale tax is a consumer tax. All right. Thank you, Kevin Knox. Uh, if you th have a question for our panel, you can email it to news at kcaw.org. Uh, we are getting some some emails. Um, uh, Rich, I want to run this one by you because I'm curious about what the conversation is within uh, the school. Uh, this was, how do supporters of Ballot Measure 1 justify not dedicating a portion of this tax to substance use or misuse prevention programs in schools. I mean, has that, is that even on your radar? Uh, I believe it is. You know, Frank, Frank, our superintendent has talked to us, like Kevin, or Kevin said, about a number of different things. And I believe this is one of the topics that, you know, we've talked a little bit about. This is where that activities committee comes in together and we go from there. So we've, we've, touched about it but not at a great extent right now so have you heard anything from parents who've been in touch with you saying rich this is the best thing i've ever heard of or this just doesn't this is a kind of a syntax that doesn't seem to square with what we're trying to teach our kids um they haven't i haven't heard the second part the first part is anything and everything to help them reduce the amount of money that's coming out of their pocket for their kids activities you know we, right now, we every kid that wants to participate in an activity, we make that happen. I have people in this community that donate money for their players' fees uh, to make that happen. Every kid has an opportunity and will participate, you know. And our local businesses, as you know here, have for numbers and numbers of years have just given, given, given. And um, every program in this town asks for donations. And our goal is to hopefully reduce the amount of money that we have to have the parents pay, reduce the fundraising uh, at to, to nothing almost. We'll still have some. We're going to uh, – it's not going to be free. We've come up with an activity fee, and then that would be your only one-time payment if this comes through and we can produce enough money from this. Uh, money is going to go to Blatchley. Money is going to go to Keat and Baranoff. So – yeah, a lot of parents are very, you know, I, I have a, uh, well, not me, but I had a music student, um, drama debate student, um, mock trial. Oh, and then he was in uh, athletics last year. His parents paid over $3,000 in activities fees last year. Just a kid. And most of our kids, we have a lot of people that have dual kids that are participating. So we reduce those fees, you know, and our fees are 300 bucks for a plane trip. That's one plane trip, and we have usually we're we're not, you know, going 
different places multiple times, but you know, that's a trip to catch a can. That's right. all it covers. Right. You know, so yeah, you're giving me a little PTSD <laughs> I, I when, you, when you start talking about having more than one kid in high school yeah. at a time. Um, Michelle, I wanted to rope you in again on this question. Uh, Kevin had talked about the federal government moves slowly. This caller asked um, Michelle. Michelle mentioned that they could wait to bring this ordinance forward until the feds make marijuana legal. Is there any light at the end of the tunnel for that? Do you see the feds making cannabis legal in the foreseeable future? Well, there's a few steps that are coming very soon, they say in 2023, and I do see some forward movement in the Safe Banking Act pro uh, program that has to be passed by the Senate. It's been passed by Congress, and uh, that's the Safe Banking Act. That'll give us access to banks, which will make things a lot simpler. I won't have to travel to Anchorage to make my monthly federal tax payments or my tax liabilities for payroll. I'll be able to use a bank and the EFTPS system. So that would be very, very helpful. And they say we should have banking by 2023. It started already in Alaska, where in the Valley, they have access to Mac Federal Credit Union, who's allowing cannabis banking. Do you pay your city sales tax in cash? I do. And they have to come out of the offices and two people have to count and it's all in stacks of 20s and it takes a few minutes, but... Yeah, I mean, you, you you relayed some pretty indelible stories about how you had to transact business um, when you first got going, when you spoke to the Chamber of Commerce. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> it's a very vivid kind of picture. Oh, it's still kind of crazy. But um, I wanted to mention one other thing um, mm. that wasn't really mentioned on the sample ballot. I thought it was a little, it should have been mentioned um, and if you read all the paperwork, you're going to find out that we worked really hard in the beginning to get a senior tax exemption because a lot of seniors consider it their medicine. But that exemption, if you vote uh, yes on this ballot, will be no more senior tax exemption. Oh, so the seniors will be paying for the student activity fund as well. On cannabis, just yes. on cannabis. Um, Kevin, you want to address that point? Yeah, and that was something that uh, Michelle and uh, and Kevin Mosher and I talked about at one point. Um, I think it's entirely reasonable um, and it's doable to add in a medical exemption uh, if in if it in fact is being used as medicine. Uh, then and that's that's legitimate. And Alaska used to have a medical uh, exemption. Um, it's not regulated anymore because every all cannabis is legalized. Um, but um, you know, a, a, a medical exemption program could be put in. Then it would be uh, eligible for anybody that is uh, truly using it for medicine, not just seniors. Um, and I, I think that is a little bit more fair. Um, it, you know, and that's a, a discussion that can just be had at the assembly table. Michelle? It, yes, but Alaska is legalized as a state with recreational use, and they did not allow medical use so we would have to go back to the state legislature and change state law and make uh, medical use legal um are we pioneering are is this ordinance is this ballot proposition no you're shaking your head no Kat. no i mean I, like i said there's several other municipalities in in alaska that have uh sales tax on uh and point of sales tax on on cannabis products anchorage bethel dillingham fairbanks Juno, 
Anchorage has can, no sales tax. Fairbanks has no sales tax. But they tax. have an additional uh, marijuana tax, is what I'm saying. They do, Anchorage, but they An only pay like 5% marijuana. We would we pay 6% sales tax, whereas up there they do not pay sales tax. Okay, so if you look at it in, in essence, then what, what Sitka consumers would be paying is a 6% sales tax plus a 2% uh, marijuana tax if you if you break it out like that um, Anchorage is like I said 5% Fairbanks is 5% Juno is they have a general sales tax of 5% with an additional 3% on marijuana products Ketchikan is six and a half plus five percent so they're over 11% uh, alone Matsu is the same it's eight percent combined so I mean we're not we're not unique in this um, and then there's other municipalities that have excise tax on per ounce on top of a general sales tax like Wrangell, Petersburg, uh, and Haynes, uh, they all tax marijuana products additionally. Right. Um, Michelle, I wanted to bounce an idea that Rich brought up off you. We have, we're down to our last three or four minutes here, but do you feel that your customers might just take this for the sake of the kids? Uh, no. No? You think it'll drive away, drive down your business? I honestly don't think the proposition will pass. Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be better done. And they're so, I mean, it's a competition at this point, kids against smoke smokers, and it shouldn't have been put this way. There should have been a better way for it to happen, but that's what it's boiled down to, is how many people have kids in the athletic program and how many people are marijuana smokers. And you think there's no overlap there? Or no overlap in sort of the community spirit that Rich was talking about. Well, I think people would rather see it go into a community. They want to see community schools come back. That's what I hear mostly from, and not have it go into the student travel fund. And community schools is funded, so it, yeah. it's already coming back. It, it is coming back. It'll yeah. be back here soon. All right. Um, this has been fascinating. We covered a lot of territory in a half hour. Um, if folks want to hear more michelle what do you from you what what do you suggest they do can they come by your the oh absolutely mm -hmm. my store is streaming this program live <laughs> okay. as we speak Good. hi everybody <laughs> <laughs> and uh anytime you anytime you would like to come in and talk to me i'm there a lot however tomorrow i'm flying to coldfoot to buy good wheat above oh. the arctic circle all right yeah you're on a mission um, and Rich and Kevin, if people want to hear more from you guys, Rich, what do you suggest? Uh, they can stop up at the high school and talk to me. They can stop at the district office and talk to our superintendent. You know, they can talk to Ms. Lundvik at the high school also. So. Okay. And everybody can find my assembly email on uh, the City of Sitka website, uh, other contact info. Um, I'm happy to, to discuss more as well. All right. Well, thank you so much to the three of you for coming in. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And um, the municipal election is coming up on October 4th. Um, there are ways you can participate in the election. If you're not going to be here, you can still um, uh, apply for a mail-in absentee ballot. The last day to do that is September 27th. Uh, ballots have to be returned to the municipal clerk's office before 5 p.m. on October 4th. Um, you can apply at the municipal clerk's, clerk's office. Uh, she's upstairs in City Hall. You can also vote by fax. You must submit an application no later than September 27th to vote by fax. 
and the ballots have to be received no later than 8 p.m. on Election Day. You can do advanced absentee voting in person now. Um, you can do it early in person between September 19th and October 3rd at Harrigan Centennial Hall, weekdays 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. And you can also show up in person at Harrigan Centennial Hall on Election Day, Tuesday, October 4th, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. This has been the second evening of municipal election forums on KCAW. Tomorrow evening, I'll host school board candidates Tristan Gavon and Mitch Mork for an hour beginning at 6 p.m. Please email your questions for the candidates to news at kcaw.org or leave us a message at uh, 747-5879. You can hear all these forums again online at uh, kcaw.org. Just look for our election center. You can also find information about all the candidates running for office, including responses to a number of survey questions in their own words. KCAW Election Center again is online at kcaw.org. Um, thanks again to my guests for um, appearing tonight. Thanks to those listeners who submitted questions. And thanks especially uh, to KCAW's Catherine Rose, who coordinates all our election coverage, including our online presence. Um, coming up next, stay tuned for an abbreviated version of the Starry Night concert with your host, Dorothy. I'm Robert Wolsey. Thanks very much for joining us for KCAW's annual municipal election forums. <laughs>